Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. In Eugene Peterson's book, Tell It Slant, he has such a beautiful interpretation of Luke 16, the parable of the shrewd manager. And it's pretty different than the way that I have read this one in the past. And so I wanted to just share his perspective. Um, I think he is heavily informed by Kenneth Bailey, who was a professor in the Middle East and who paid a special attention to the peasant practices, which apparently were fairly unchanged from <laughs> first century Israel until now, which is pretty astonishing, amazing, and beautiful. So this is the parable where, uh, well, I'll just read it. It's not that long. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. <laughs> so I'm not convinced that this parable even now is made fully comprehensible because I think the ending uh, makes it a little bit questionable. Like, what is this about use worldly wealth? But the uh, what I appreciated so much was this picture of how we have the um, the dishonest manager who recognizes something about the master that uh, I had not noticed before. So the manager was actually, uh, he was a thief. He was dishonest and he had no um, justification, no um, argument about what he was doing. And so it's kind of like a tacit admission of guilt, right? And, uh, and yet, although he is fired, interestingly, he's not put in prison. He's not um, made to pay back what he is owed. And so he recognizes this aspect of the master that he is, um, that he's kind, that he's gracious. And so it's almost like he, he banks on this master's graciousness to say, okay, can I get away with a little bit more? And so rather than, um, it, it's almost like, well, he hasn't thrown me in prison yet. So if I cheat him a little bit more, is he like, am I still going to be living in grace? And so what he does is he pretends or he continues to act as if he's still manager in good standing. And so all of these um, landowners or not landowners, but renters come in and he adjusts their uh, what they owe. And so 
if they had known that he was fired and that he was not acting in good faith, they wouldn't have been so excited. But as it is, they're like, oh my goodness, no, we always knew that this man or that this owner was so generous and gracious. And now it's just being confirmed again, except even in more, um, in greater measure. How wonderful. And so then when the owner finds out, he has a choice. He can either go back to all of those renters and say, I'm sorry, um, actually, that uh, manager was not still in my employment. You do still owe the full amount. Well, then instead of everyone being really happy with him and thinking like, what an amazing guy we follow, hooray. Instead, they would be like, oh, man, like even though their position hasn't actually wouldn't have actually changed the emotional loss would have made it significantly more or it seems significantly more. This is a well-documented and well-studied thing. I've been learning a little bit about pricing and that's one of the things it's always a lot more painful to lose something that you thought you had. Um, So it would have been a net loss for the people, even though they would have ended at the exact same place they started, if that makes sense. It's kind of a quirk of human nature. Or the manager can say, you know what? Not the manager, the owner. The owner can say, I recognize that my manager understands something about my nature and character and that he's willing to share that. And I am still not going to imprison him. I'm going to say to him, you understood something about grace that you didn't understand before. And like, you still can't be my manager. <laughs> you're, you're not getting your job back, but that sense of like, good job. You actually understand who I am and how I operate in this world. And so again, I don't know that that's the final say on this parable. I like this parable so much because there are so many interpretations. When I studied it, in college, we took it from the perspective of uh, how we should use money in order to kind of buy friends and bring them into the kingdom, which was sort of like, I, and this was the most powerful of all of the what, um, parables that we studied because our Bible study leaders gave us all $10 and said, now you use this money in whatever way you want to show love to the people around you. And that felt so radically extravagant um, to have received this gift from them and then to be able to pay it forward. So Lord, I thank you that uh, your words continue to challenge us. I thank you that uh, we can look at different things and come away with different interpretations or different understandings that there is always more to discover that the horizon before us is always, um, it's always ahead that there's more to press in for. So Lord, I pray that we would have a greater understanding of your character and nature. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.